Hey everybody, welcome back to another night of Walk It Out. My name is Gretchen Cannon and we are continuing our Philippines series and tonight we are going to play the video that uh, Christy recorded on her phone while we were at Tuba High School of me speaking to the high school students. And so it's gonna start with me talking about who I am and, and my family and, and the team and some of that. And then we're gonna get into the topic of fighting words. And so we wanted to capture that uh, teaching on this series. Some of you may have already seen it. I tell the story of um, how the Lord taught me to have fighting words. And that's not like fighting like this, but fighting in the spirit against the lies with the truth and my battle of the spirit of suicide that I was delivered from in 2022. And so I hope that you are blessed by this if you have not gotten to see it, but uh, we sure loved just ministering to those students and um, bringing the truth to them, and uh, also a little fun. So you guys be blessed. My husband for almost 25 years, and he is not here because he was too chicken to ride the plane this whole way. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't like to travel much. Uh, he just didn't want to go yeah, over the ocean. He was like, no, I can't do that. And so my youngest son is 12. And he is my oldest son, who is 31, and my youngest son, who is 12, are both adopted. And are any of you guys adopted? Christy's adopted, and, and I have two sons that are adopted. So adoption is a beautiful gift from God. It is a beautiful gift from God. So just, like, if that's you, or if it's on your heart one day when you get older to adopt, follow that because it's a beautiful gift from the Lord. But my youngest son is 12, and he is dark-skinned because he's part African-American, and he's got dark, curly hair, and he's really short. And he said, I should be the one to go because I would fit in perfectly. Dark hair, dark skin, like we stand out like sore thumbs, right? But Enzo is a, is a great kid and um, definitely wants to, um, wants to come visit on our next one, so I told him he could. Also, those of you that are on social media, if you desire to follow my social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, um, my, uh, the, the, whatever it's called, handle, is white, like the color, white, White Stone Revelation. White Stone Revelation. So if that's something that you guys desire to do, you can uh, like my Facebook page. Um, you can follow me on Twitter with my name, but that's on there. I also have a blog, and it's called whitestonerevelation.com. And so if you want to follow that as well. But um, I want to take a minute and just thank Pastor Leonard and Pastor Gideon, as well as, Pastor, as well as Principal Elmer for allowing us to be here. I didn't realize that this was the first time. And so this is really cool because the Lord speaks to me about um, doing like forerunning things and doing things uh, so others can have a pathway to come behind me. 
And so it's a beautiful, uh, a beautiful kiss from the Lord is what I call it. But um, I want to speak to you today about fighting words, okay? About how to truly fight. Because if, if I had learned this at your age, like I wouldn't have had to go through a lot of the torment that I did. And so I'm 46 years old now, and you guys are grade nine through 12, right? Yeah. Okay. And so I'm gonna to talk to you about fighting words. And what I'm gonna to talk to you about is my personal story that I had with suicide, okay? So I wanna speak some very, very important things to you, okay? Some of you may have friends that have struggled with suicide. Some of you have maybe struggled with that. But if I would have learned how to have fighting words and not to the bullies and not to the people that I felt was in opposition to me, but if I would have learned to fight with fighting words in my own mind, like the, the, the lies of the enemy and the spirit of suicide could not have had a place in my life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Does that make sense? Anybody? My husband and I, uh, two years ago, did a funeral for one of our good friends who was an alcoholic. My son is in prison, my oldest. He is in prison facing three life sentences because of drugs and alcohol and what his behavior did when he was on drugs and alcohol. But the funeral of my friend was because he committed suicide, because he had no hope. And I've been there. I've been at a place of such torment within my own mind and within my own self that I didn't, I couldn't figure out what life was for and why should I be here? Does that make sense? And so I want to talk to you about how to have fighting words, okay? First of all, this is something that all of you need to know. And you need to keep this in front of you every single day of your life. The truest thing about you is what God says about you. Not what your mind says, not what your emotions say, not what your feelings say, not what you even believe. Not even what you believe about God or not even what you believe about yourself. Like the truest thing about you is what God says about you. And definitely not what others say about you or to you or not what others do to you or say to you. You understand? Yeah. Like I want you to repeat this. The truest thing about me the truest thing about me. Come on, guys, repeat this. Come on. The truest thing about me. The truest thing about me is what God says about me. Is what God says about me. Not what I think. Not what I think. Not what I feel. Not what I feel. Not what others say or do. Not what others say or do. And just because you choose to not believe something awesome that God says about you does not make it true. Like it does not make it 
any less truth. Okay? That's what I meant to say. Just because you choose to not believe something awesome that God says about you doesn't make it untrue. Also, just because you choose to not believe what God says about somebody else does not make the truth inaccurate about them. Just because we think somebody is dumb or stupid or uh, acts a fool or is ugly or isn't cute doesn't mean that that's not true. Like the truest thing about every single human being is what God says about them. And it's because he created us. He is the one that knit us and formed us. And I'm going to read for you some scriptures on that in a little bit. But when I was in school, I was bullied. I was, I was very uh, tall for my age when I was young. I haven't grown since grade seven. Like I was this height at grade seven and I haven't moved. But I was super skinny. And so because I was super skinny, I got made fun of a lot. And I got like made to eat dirt. I got locked in lockers. I got my head slammed into doors. I got sexually assaulted even. And what I had to do is I took those things inside of me and I let them become who I was instead of learning how to have fighting words and how to fight with the truth in my mind. And so I'm gonna give you some truth today. I want everybody right now to close your eyes. And you guys are beautiful people with dark hair and if I, that means I can see your eyes much better. Okay, close your eyes, I'm gonna read this over you. For you formed my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and I know this very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All my days were written in your book and ordained for me before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O oh God. How vast is their sum. If I were to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake, I am still with you. You may open your eyes. Thank you for honoring me in that. Like that is what the creator of the universe mm -hmm. speaks about you. Like the, the one that created everything that you see, everything, the one that gave the intelligence to the doctors, the one that gave the intelligence to the people that made the clothes that we're wearing, like the creator of all things also sustains all things because he is a father and he takes care of his children. And that is what he says about you. So what I'm going to read for you is some pages out of my journal. Do any of you journal? Raise your hand if you journal. Don't be embarrassed. Raise your hand. Okay. I encourage you to start journaling. 
It is a fantastic way for you to get what is really going on inside of you out, where you can see what it is. And if you don't like to write, take out your phone and start typing. Because I know you text people all day long and post all day long. My journals are digital as well as written. I do both. But I want to read for you a journal entry from April of 2020. Does anybody remember what 2020 happened? What happened in 2020? COVID. COVID, the pandemic. It was also the month that I was supposed to come visit here for the first time. But because of the pandemic, I wasn't able to. I'm gonna read this. This is raw, guys. This is my story of the night that I went to write my letters to tell the people that I loved goodbye. The past several days have been complete and total chaos. And with my husband and in my mind, no need to list the details as it isn't the focus. But yet again, I find myself questioning who I am as a person, what I believe, and if who I think I am is truly who I am. Is there really any maturity, any fruit, or any character that's good, that is present in my life. I began to believe the lie about 15 years ago when my oldest son, who is adopted, had lots of issues and was very abusive to me. The magnitude of those issues. I began to believe those lies. They were due to how I wasn't the mom that really needed my oldest son the mom that I was supposed to be to him. Then about 10 years ago, I began to be an issue for one of my friends. Lots of jealousy, lots of um, strife, lots of insecurity, but not only with her, but many others within my own church and even leaders of where I was on staff at. Now the most recent is how I'm 60% of the reason why a friend isn't able to do what he wants to do at work. It's just continual pain and suffering and the issues that I cause people. Gradually over the weekend, I began to go into a downward spiral. This wasn't the first time, but it was probably the top three of them for me. The length of it, the darkest, and the most hopeless I've been. Monday, after everyone was in bed, I got a pen, I got a notebook, and I took off driving. I was going to stop somewhere and write letters from my heart to the people in my life that I love. Letters that I would leave for them. While driving, I asked the Lord, the same one that created me in my mother's womb, the same one that says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. While driving, I asked him to show me if there was any reason for me to live. I know rationally there was, but if it would set these people that I continue to hurt free and allow them to have joy, I would lay my life down for that. I wanted them to be happy. I asked that the Lord would make it clear was someone contacting me out of the blue because this 
was close to midnight at night. I was about to exit a town about an hour from me when a song came on called The Father's House. And these lyrics began to be magnified to me. My story isn't over. My story has just begun. And failure won't define me because that's what my father does. Arrival's not the end game. The journey is where you are. You never wanted perfect. You just wanted my heart. And the story isn't over if the story isn't good. And what the Lord began to show me is committing suicide wasn't a good end to my story. The enemy had taken the lies and had twisted them to convince me that it would be a good ending to the story for many people in my life. That it's something, if I just would commit suicide and be off of this planet, that people in my life could live with joy and happiness and without pain. But what the Lord showed me is my story isn't over if my story isn't good. And that isn't good. Jesus came to bring life, eternal life, life abundantly. And that is not life. And it is not life abundantly. It was also not his plan for me to live in pain and suffering and torment with thoughts about myself that were not the truest thing about me because the truest thing about me is what he says about me. No matter what I think or believe. Going on in my journal, I wrote, the Lord has never wanted or asked for perfect, only for my heart. That he wasn't done with my story here on earth. Do you realize I wouldn't be here today? I wouldn't be standing here telling you my story if I had followed through with this. I would not be able to see my son in high school in a marching band. I would not be able to see my children do what they're doing. I would not be able to see my friends walk in new freedom and relationship with Jesus if I had taken my life. I still couldn't shake that I truly believed that their lives would be better if I was dead. I couldn't cause them harm or anyone any more problems if I wasn't here. South of this, this town, I was still driving, south of this town when I exited, I received a text from Wayland asking where I was and it followed shortly with a FaceTime call. Now, none of my family knew I was gone. I made sure they were all asleep before I left. I left in my car quietly out of the garage. No one should have known, but he woke. He woke and for some reason, he knew I wasn't home. Even though they don't come into our room at night unless they're sick. I mean, they are teenagers, right? But on this three-hour drive, one of my best friends texted me some really good stuff. And she didn't know what was going on either. I was very short in my responses to her. 
she said later that Monday night, her name was Annie. Annie said Monday night when she read my text that the Lord told her that she could trust him with me. That it wasn't her situation to control, that I was considering suicide, and that she could pray for me to choose life. But that was my choice with him. You see, I didn't tell Annie that I was going and I was contemplating writing my letters. And that's what I was doing. The Lord told Annie that that's what I was doing. And that he could trust her with me. Well, the Lord and I began to unpack my belief that I caused people problems. Who they are, who the people are, and what the problems are. I really thought this would go back to the root of rejection and abandonment in my life. If you'll remember, I was bullied. I was bullied severely in school from about third grade until probably my so sophomore year, my grade 10. In fact, in seventh grade with one of my bullies, I had had enough and it was in school and he told me to do something and I was helping a friend with math and he, I turned around and said, I'm helping him with math. And he hit me here really hard and I couldn't breathe and I had had enough. And I hauled off and I hit him one square punch right in the nose. Now, if you remember, I was this tall and I was tiny. I weighed about 70 pounds. And this kid was about this tall and he was a football player, muscular and built, and I hit him in one hit, and blood started pouring out of his nose. I freaked out because that was not my goal. My goal was to breathe because I couldn't breathe, right? I ended up getting to visit uh, Principal Harmon's office and got three licks for it. I don't know if you guys give spankings around here, but I got them at the age of grade seven <laughs> and I did not want them and they were not fun but that's how like consistent the bullying was and it started at a very young age for me but as the Lord began to unpack the lie that I caused people problems Annie brought up how Jesus was misunderstood and he caused people problems. Jesus caused people problems. Jesus was bullied. He was bullied to the point that people, people killed him. He did not take his own life because he was in tune with the Father, but he was bullied. He was misunderstood by many and he caused people problems. And so as I sat with the Lord and I was asking him how to overcome this within myself, he gave me these fighting words that I'm going to read for you in my journal. He said to write down a list of everywhere in scripture that I saw Jesus being misunderstood. Because Jesus was misunderstood. To write down everywhere in scripture that Jesus caused people problems. So these were the things that I committed to. I listed the places of where Jesus caused people problems 
And how many of you guys have opened the Bible before? How many of you guys, raise your hand if you've opened a Bible. Raise your hand if you've been read a Bible. Okay, anybody know about the birth of Jesus? Like Jesus was like a lady named Mary. The Holy Spirit came to her and said, you're going to have a baby, but she wasn't married. And she hadn't had an intimate relationship with anybody. For her to be pregnant, that wasn't possible, right? Do you know that caused a lot of problems for Mary? Mm -hmm. To be walking around pregnant and not married in that day? Yeah. Like the Lord started showing me the truth that's in the scriptures about being a problem causer. I really didn't cause people problems. Sometimes I hurt people even though it wasn't my intention. But for me, what he showed me was that he had caused people problems as well. And they got to choose him as life or they got to choose the lie to believe. And, and most of them chose life, honestly. But I made a list of what kind of problems Jesus caused. And if the problems were situations or opportunities for people to choose good, just like I was able to choose good in that car that night, what did he do in response to the problems or situations and opportunities? What was the fruit of that? And most importantly, I started writing down places on my motivation to live. And I started writing down, what is my motivation to live? And so what I want to leave with you in Revelation 2.17, I told you guys, if you want to keep in touch with me, that you can find me on the internet at Whitestone Revelation, right? You can find me on social media, Whitestone Revelation. Well, it came from this verse, Revelation 2.17. And it says, he who has ear... That would be us. We have ears, right? Let him hear what the Spirit says. To him who overcomes. And Jesus came for us to give, have life and for us to be overcomers. For us to be the head, not the tail. Above, not beneath or below. Like that's what Jesus did. But it says to him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. And I will give him a white stone. And on a stone, a new name is written, which only the person that receives the stone and the one that gives it, who is the Lord, knows what that means. That's where the name white stone revelation came from. But have you guys seen a white stone before? A rock that's white? Like pure white. Well, back in biblical days, they had white stones and they had black stones. Have you guys heard this story before? And let's say that, let's say that this young lady went to Principal Elmer and said that I hurt her. Okay? And Principal Elmer brings in these teachers and these teachers get to vote on whether... I am guilty of hurting her, or I am not guilty. They would take a stone, and if I was not guilty, 
they would put a white stone down. And if they had a black stone, if they thought I was guilty, they would lay a black stone down. And that meant the difference between not guilty and guilty. But if you see in Revelation, like the Lord gives us a white stone, he says we are not guilty. Those that are children of God are not guilty. We are free. We have overcome by the word of our testimony and the blood of Jesus. And I know this is Holy Week going into it. And like I'm honored to share my story here. But most importantly, I want you guys to go away with your fighting words. And so I want to read a song for you. And then I'm going to show you guys how I keep some of my fighting words in front of me. Okay? You guys close your eyes for me one more time. Thank you. Fear is like a broken record. The same old songs of accusations play. Like, who are you? Just look at all your failures and mistakes. And if they really knew you, there's no way they could love you anyway. But I will fight the lies with truth. I will keep my fit eyes fixed on you, Lord. I will sing the truth into the dark. I will use my fighting words. The enemy keeps talking, telling me to hide my face in shame, whispering that everything I've done will drive the Father's love away, saying it's too late for hoping that someone in your heart could ever, something in your heart could ever change. So I will fight the lies with the truth. I will keep my eyes fixed on you. I will sing into the truth. I will sing the truth into the dark. I will use my fighting words. You say that I am worth fighting for. Fight the lies with the truth. Keep my eyes fixed on you. I will sing truth into the dark. I'm so tired of forgetting what I'm worth. So I will use my fighting words. You may look up. The truest thing about you is what God says about you. And if you don't know what that is, I know that there are a group of chaplains here that you can go to anytime. You can reach out to. But open up the word of God. Look in the book of John. Look in the book of Ephesians and see what it says. But here are some of my fighting words. Do you guys know what actual photographs are? Like that come like not a uh, not on a phone. These are really rare nowadays <laughs> because they're all on a phone, right? I have all of these on my phone. I have them on my laptop. I have them on my iPad. But these are some of my fighting words that I've taken truths that I need to remember. They're taped all over my mirror at home. This one says, God will help me because his character is good to me. He is working on my behalf because I am destined to look like him. I am not perfect, but I am destined to look like him. And his character is good to me. Here's another one. God will satisfy my every need because I am not an orphan. I will lay aside what I see going on with others. So I can have space to fulfill what I am supposed to do with my family, with the Lord, and with myself. And then another one is just a list of truths. 
And it says, Gretchen, give voice to these truths every day. Love Jesus. It says, I am forgiven. I am justified. I am a new creation. I am led by the Spirit of God. I am establishing God's word here on earth. I am an imitator and a follower of Jesus Christ. I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the word. I am healed by his stripes. I am blessed with all spiritual blessings. And it goes on and on. And these things I say out loud to myself. I particularly like to take baths. I like to take a long bath. And these are taped in front of my bathtub on my wall. And I say them out loud every day. They're taped on my mirror. They stay in my desk. They stay in my Bible. So what I want to encourage you to do, we are going to give you a list of truths today. We are going to give you a reminder that the truest thing about you is what God says about you. And what I encourage you is I encourage you to pick one or more of these and say them every single day for one month. And let that truth get in you. Instead of the things that you think, or you feel or you believe that does not line up with the word of God. Can you guys promise to do that? Yes. Please, let me see your eyes if you promise to do that. <laughs> it's important to me. I don't want anyone else living under the spirit of suicide like I did, where the voice of the accuser comes in so strong to tell me who I'm not. I want you to live out who you are and who you are destined to be. And that is to be conformed to the image of Jesus. Amen? Okay, I'm going to pray for you. Father, we thank you for who you are. Even when we don't know who you are. And even when we don't believe who you are. And Father, we thank you for who you created us to be. And it's not to be successful, and it's not to be beautiful, and it's not to have all the things of the world, and to have the most likes on social medias, all of those things. But it is to be conformed to your image as we learn more and more about you. And Father, I ask right now in the name of Jesus, if anyone is at a place in this school, in this town, in these chairs, that was like I was that night in my car, and they are trying to figure out why they should live. Father, that you will remind them of the truth. You will remind them that they are beautiful, that they are fearfully and wonderfully made, that they are, that they are destined to be like you that life isn't over, that it will not be the same all the time, that tomorrow is a new day, that honestly in one hour is a new hour. And so Father, as your Holy Spirit reminds them of the truth, we give you thanks, we give you honor, and we give you glory in Jesus' name, amen. Now, I wanna encourage you, if that is you, I mean, obviously, I'm going to be around here for a little bit, but we've got pastors here. We've got Pastor Leonard, chaplain, different ones here. Come to them. Talk to them. But 
but if there's a moment, like if you feel like you connected with my story, you can reach me through my whitestonerevelation.com website. Reach out, please. You, do, you need to be reminded that you are not alone. That you are not alone. Jesus says that he will never leave you or forsake you. And there are people walking around here that know Jesus and that love Jesus and they will never leave you or forsake you. Amen? Amen. Well, I hope you were blessed by that. I know hearing that story um, of truth and overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony sure does increase my faith and honestly my gratitude for him for what he's brought me through. Now, after the conclusion of, of what you just heard, we um, opened it up for the entire ninth through 12th grade student body to ask us any question they wanted to. And man, did we get some deep and rich questions. It was such a great time of being able to answer their questions like, have you ever blamed God for um, bad things that have happened to you? You know, what is your life verse and how do you do it? Things like, how often do you use your fighting words and when do you know to use them? And so I just ask that you keep in mind and in prayer um, as the Lord brings it to you, those students at Tuba National High School, as well as their principal and their teachers, just that the seeds that were sown, I know they went in good soil, but that they would continue to be watered and they would take root deep inside of their hearts. And uh, I would appreciate that. Let me pray for us. Well, Father, we do, we do pray for the staff and the principal and the students at Tuba National High School. We just ask, Lord, that you um, bring the harvest that you want to bring out of the seeds that were sown. We pray for laborers to cross their path that are going to water and, um, and just nourish that, not only the soil, but the seeds that were planted. We thank you for the truth. Father, we thank you for fighting words that you give us as believers, as sons of you. Father, that we can declare into the spirit realm and we can tell ourselves in our mind to not listen to the things that don't bring life. And um, what an honor and what a privilege. We love you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.